what you want, when you want it, where you want it. This is The Mesh. Foot Candle Films. Film news and reviews from two guys who really like movies. This episode is brought to you by the Foot Candle Film Society. For a schedule of upcoming screenings and membership information, visit the Society's website at www.footcandle.org. Hello, everyone, and welcome to Foot Candle Films here on the Mesh.tv podcast network. My name is Alan Jackson, and I'd normally say across the table from me, but I'm actually going to say across the computer screen from me is my co-host, partner in crime here is Mr. Chris Fry. Chris, how are you doing? You are not here in the studio. Where are you? No, I am coming to you live from Savannah, Georgia. Well, you live, everybody else, this is recorded, obviously, but uh, yeah, my wife uh, has a conference down here in Savannah, Georgia, so I uh, tagged along. Savannah, Georgia. I'm still looking forward to uh, talking about the movie we're going to do today, because I'm imagining it is your favorite film so far of 2023. So mm-hmm. I'm wanting to hear those comments from you. Yeah. Um, yeah, we'll get to that. Uh, so the film we'll be discussing <laughs> in Foot Candle Films today is the film Five Nights at Freddy's. It is a horror mystery thriller uh, based on a video game that I'm sure we will talk about here in a moment. Uh, starring Josh. That's also Hutch. your top video. That's also your top video game of 2023. Uh, everything associated with Five Nights at Freddy it has the word "top" involved in it in some way um, in my life. Yeah. Gotcha. Uh, starring Josh Hutcherson and directed by Emma Temi. Uh, we're going to discuss that film. That film that is number one in the box office this past weekend, while also premiering on P- Peacock, the streaming service, uh, NBC streaming service, the same day. So we're going to be discussing that film. After that, Chris and I both have uh, interesting trailers to discuss of films that kind of, at least for me, kind of came out of nowhere that I honestly did not even know were in production. But we have trailers for a couple of new films that will be coming out in the coming months. We're going to discuss each of those, kind of give some highlights of what to expect with these two films that we're going to discuss. But Chris, first, we have to, we have a, a mission. We have to spend the night or is it five? Is that the deal? Five nights? I'm, uh, we have to do five nights? I, I, apparently it is five. So five not just nights. one, yeah. not two. But, yeah. So maybe let's see if we can spend five minutes talking about <laughs> five nights at Freddy's in our main review. Fair enough. Hi, this is Mike. I was just calling to see if that job that you offered was still available. Yes. The security guard. I will take anything. This place was huge in the 80s with the kids. They shut it down years ago. The owner's just not ready to let it go yet. I will work and you will sleep. I understand. With Five Nights at Freddy's, we're told there's a troubled security guard He begins working at a condemned Freddy Fosbear's Pizza. Think like Chuck E. Cheese, basically. Condemned Chuck E. Cheese. During his first night on the job, he realizes the night shift is not going to be as easy as he thought it was because demonic animatronics begin attacking him. Imagine my confusion when, not because I was a loyal player of the video game, but I'd seen a similar film called Willy's Wonderland back in 2021 starring Nick Cage where he went to a condemned children's amusement restaurant and fall off 
demonic animatronics. Um, so I was a little confused that this film came out. Um, Alan, I don't imagine you really had confusion with that because I don't think you'd seen Willy's Wonderland. But what was your experience with the cinematic masterpiece that is Five Nights at Freddy's? Well, just the fact that you use cinematic masterpiece uh, already tells me. Uh, no, I know you use that facetiously because uh, I, I certainly <laughs> don't hope you think this was a cinematic masterpiece because I had a lot of problems with this movie. Um, did not care for this film and for mm. various reasons I'll go into. Um, this film's trying to do several things at once. And I will applaud the film for at least trying to do a little more than maybe what was required of it. Okay. If you take I, it up, hmm? go ahead. No. Yeah. Continue. I, I think you and I are on the same page. Um, I'll just say before you continue, cause I, I think I do want to, I was being facetious, but this, I think biting off more than you can chew was this movie's problem because yeah. I'll, before you continue, I'll say, within the first 10 or 15 minutes, I was like, huh, okay. They're actually trying to make this somewhat substantial and not just a dumb evil robots attacking movie. They were trying to do something. Um, was it successful? Me, but mm. continue. I, 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 okay. I want to hear what you're saying. Yeah. Yeah, but but I th- we are on the same page with that. This is a film that I felt like was yearning for more. And for a moment, it's like you and early in the film, I thought, okay, they're, they're doing something a little more interesting. There's going to be a deeper story here. There's going to be uh interesting backstory. I'm really kind of starting to get a little curious, like the lead character, Josh Hutcherson down on his luck mm-hmm. guy, who is also caring for his youngest sister. Uh, they have no parents around, so it's kind of up to him to care for her. She seems to have some, I don't know if it's emotional issues, uh, some 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 traumatic issues herself. Never really explored in the film. They didn't really they touch on it, but didn't go anywhere with it. And um, he has a hard time getting keeping down a job and so forth. So he's given this opportunity to, like you said, to uh, act as a security guard at this at this park. But leading up to it, we learned that there's some backstory with Josh Hutcherson's character. And the first time around, when it starts to explore his backstory, it's interesting. The seventh or eighth time, it starts to try to explore that same backstory, (laughs) almost the exact same way, multiple times throughout the film. It gets a little tedious and a little overdone. Um, But, you know, we we get to this, we get to this, this, this uh, old restaurant, this old amusement area, whatever it is, Freddy's. And yeah. it is a slow build for things to happen. Um, I, I don't think it quite meets the, uh, the 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 bar of a true horror film because I don't feel like a it's that scary. B and it, the moments of slight scariness are very very few far between. It's a lot of build. It's a lot of build. It's a lot of talking about why we're being what we're facing dramatically. And not really a lot of showing. And I mean, honestly, it kind of got boring after a while too. I mean, it just kind of dragged for a good while. Um, And then they had a really hard time mixing the tone of kind of, I mean, not to get into spoilers, but you, I'm still questioning kind of at the end, I'm not quite sure exactly how certain things were happening. I'm not sure quite the mechanics of what was involved with the big animatronic creatures. I knew there was something else and a kind of a mystery you undo, but I also felt like the mystery was 
pretty obvious from early on too. There's only a certain number of limited characters in this film. So when you're trying to figure out who a certain character is, it doesn't take a rocket scientist to figure out, well, there's only these people to choose from. (laughs) So I guess it's going to be maybe this person. (laughs) Um, Overall, I just felt like this kind of was a mess. It, 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 it tried to do so many different things. It didn't know how to pull off any one of them successfully. I wish it had stayed in one lane or the other and said, that's the kind of film we're going to be. And that's the film we're going to make. Um, and it just, yeah, I can't really say there was anything that really worked for, for me in this film at all. Um, and the less said about, I mean, I don't know Elizabeth Lale. I'm sure she is probably a very good actress. Hey. She grew up in Asheboro, North Carolina, and went to North Carolina School of the Arts. Alan, come look, on! Look, now. I don't play favorites here, Chris. I'm saying, I'm just saying. Okay, and I'm sure not. she's a fine actress. Obviously, she was trained in a very, very good state and got her education in an excellent place. But boy, oh boy, whoever wrote her dialogue and lines and crafted her character in this film, I, I mean, it was grown worthy every time. I felt like her police officer role rolled up with just to drop exposition hint at exposition all the way through the film with no dialogue, no dialogue that resembled I, anything a human being would actually ever say or do. I, 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 I it was maddening to me. So, yeah. I can't believe I'm going to come to the defense of this film. Um, wow. Okay. Now, I'm, no, I'm no, no, now let me ahead. say, yeah. well, okay. Don't, I don't like this film. I don't think it was good, but I do admire it. A little, not that I think, but the very thing I admire it for is the thing that made it stumble. It, it's trying to do too much. Um, I liked, I actually liked her character, Elizabeth Lale's character, the police officer. And I liked, I thought Josh Hutcherson did a decent job. I'm only really familiar with him from the Hunger Games. Yeah. But their dynamic working together, if you, if they were to take this film as nothing but kind of a play on like a dumb scooby-doo mystery but obviously for adults because it has like you know people being really killed and stuff um and if you just kept it at that base level of this is kind of like a dumb a dumb horror comedy kind of like a stream thing then i felt like her dialogue and stuff would have worked and i liked her character but i agree it is cheesy or kind of stupid and like going really but if that's what you're going for like oh here's a sexy police officer coming to save like the average joe schmo guy like if they kept it in that realm of dynamic, it might have been able to work, but then throwing it in with childhood trauma. Okay. That, that, that was the thing in the opening five or 10 minutes. And I was like, Oh, Oh, okay. He has had a brother that was abducted and that scarred him. Now both of his parents are gone and he's taking care of his younger sister. Like I'm like, Whoa. Okay. Automatically you are doing something that Willie's Wonderland, the movie that I mentioned in the intro, didn't bother doing. They kept it at the very base. This is a stupid, you know, crazy movie. Yes, you're going to accept that there are demonic animatronics. They didn't try to explain it. They just left it there. And this film was trying to do more, but something about the tone when you're talking about child abductions and he is having trouble keeping down a job and he's got this little sister that he tries to be a good parent to, even though he's her brother. He's not a parent. And then here's something that, okay, and that dynamic was interesting, but like I said, kind of fell apart. And what made it fall apart was something that I actually kind of liked, but it still didn't work. Mary Stuart Masterson plays Aunt Jane. And I thought she did a great job as playing like this stereotypical, 
I'm bad. I'm out to like get somebody like mustache twirling, even though she's a female, so she doesn't have a mustache. She's not twirling it. But I thought that was good. But then that actual relationship got a little confusing because you could tell the little girl, his sister, um, Abby, she didn't like Aunt Jane. He didn't like Aunt Jane. But then at some point in the film, and then you see that Aunt Jane is actively trying to get Abby taken away from him, um, which I was like, do what? And then at one point, he invites the Aunt Jane over to his house to babysit Abby while he goes to Freddy's. And you're like, wait, wait, what? what? Like motiv- Motivations get thrown out the window of, about like trying to make them make sense. So yeah, it just kind of, it goes off the rails because it was like, okay, no, we're going to make this serious. We're going to make this be a movie that actually makes sense. We're going to get motivations for why things happen. Are the things really possessed or is there something more going on? No, we're going to, we're going to investigate and like, no, you're, you're taking on way too much. I mean, not knowing, I know there's a video game, but I've never played it, but I somehow doubt they go into that much exposition. It's just like, no, this is a condemned restaurant that has freaky little animatronic things that attack you. Try to survive for five nights. Done. <laughs> like, you know, just, they just took on too much. But Well, I mean, and again, if it, I can't, I'm not going to fault a movie for trying to be ambitious, but at least you got to stick the landing on some angle of what you're right. trying to pull. And this one didn't pull it on any. So, um, you're right. It was the tone flip between, is this a tongue in cheek kind of a little more campy pseudo horror film that it tried to play in a few moments and a few scenes. I mean, there's a scene you mentioned Mary Stuart Masterson and I feel the same way about her character that I do. Elizabeth Lales, Vanessa character, horribly right. written. They're both good. actors. Sco- Sco- They're both good actors. Kind of like a Scooby, a Scooby doo type surface level character like if you not you're just in that lane if, if you had said look right. we're gonna we're making this all very campy and the dialogue is going to be a little over the top and yes the fact that we've got aunt, aunt jane meeting in a diner snapping the head <laughs> off of a waiter you know who's a little over the top and then plotting possibly a murder but then realizes no oh, no that might be a little too much maybe we do this this and this instead <laughs> you know oh and and her lawyer guy or who this guy who's okay next to her who's totally over the top like character you know in this thing it's like he's from like a Cohen. he's like from a coen brothers movie it's like i don't i don't know what scene this movie is from because you're right (laughs) 20 minutes later they revere this character in a completely different way i mean not completely different but she's much more of a some uh, antagonist in a more family drama that you would expect and a little more realism to it and it's just yeah it was all over the place and uh well, and correct correct me if I'm wrong, Alan. One of the people that the evil Aunt Jane is meeting with in the diner is like the next door neighbor girl that is sometimes babysitting Abby yes. as well. So then you like do what? Like, and when you see that babysitter with Mike, and you know he's getting ready to leave, and like she's all nice and makes like jokes with him, and he's like, "Sorry, I'm late. You know, coming back for your baby." She's like, "Oh, don't worry about it." Like, it just it doesn't make sense. It's right. like. No, it, it it doesn't. And then, so let's get to the, I guess the the main plot line. Obviously, here in the Freddy's uh, restaurant amusement park place, you know the fact that yeah. there are these animatronic creatures. Which I mean, look, I'll give it that much. They looked pretty cool. I mean, I think you know they they worked and moved on screen okay. 
but you know, we're, we're, the, the, the video game, I assume, is a horror-based video game. It's about, I assume in the video game that you are the role of the security guard. You are watching the monitors. The monitors seem to be a big thing. I'm assuming the monitors are in the game as well. Like you're watching monitors and then you're going to different rooms and you're encountering these animatronic creatures. So, I mean, it sets up everything in the film to have those moments, but I mean, just none of it paid off. I, I thought the only times that they even tried to attempt scares, they either had to rely on a really dumb jump scare um, or it's just glowing eyes in a background. And that was basically it. That was about all the horror or scary moments you really had in this film. So look, I mean, I, we just came off of Halloween. I've been watching my run of, of horror films. I'm all in the mood. Try to scare me. I'm okay with it. Let's do it. And I was a little disappointed. I, this is a PG-13 movie. I do feel like that there yeah, was I some think- reigning in from that, but I still think you can make a frightening PG-13 movie without having to go into the blood, gore, and over-violence. And this film did balance that line on gore and violence. I mean, it had a couple moments that were a little a little more intense, but uh, not enough to make this a walk you walk out of the theater or walk out of your den and say that was a, a really effective horror movie. I mean, it just wasn't. So so it kind of lost on the horror. It lost on the drama side of it with the story because of the inconsistency of tone and uh, all that. And then it, it also has plays up a mystery, as I mentioned earlier, where you're starting to figure out that there's something else about these animatronic robots. Again, the policewoman, Vanessa, doing her cryptic dialogue all the way through, trying to just lead you down a path where I just don't understand why people don't just tell each other what's going on instead of this dance. And <laughs> no, we have to stretch this out for two hours, you know, so let's, let's just kind of keep hinting at things and dancing around things. And, you know, I'm going to get upset because of something that you don't understand yet, but I don't want to tell you why I'm upset because I, I, that would then advance the plot too quickly. And we don't want to do that. It's just, yeah, there's a mystery involved, but then once you hear that there's a mystery and you hear that there's a somebody involved in that mystery, it's like it is so obvious what's going on at that point. So it's just very, very and, frustrating. Yeah, and it doesn't specifically trying to avoid spoilers. Um, of course, this movie has made so much money that I assume that anybody with that was the slightest bit interested in seeing this movie has already seen it <laughs> because I, I don't, you know, I. But I, so I don't think I'm spoiling anything for any of our listeners because they've either seen it or haven't seen it and don't want to bother. Um, but the mere fact that Elizabeth Leo's police officer, like that doesn't work that she's a police officer if you're going to give credence to how the film ends because it doesn't seem like she would have. Yeah, you're right. It doesn't, her vagueness doesn't make sense because yeah. her whole point is to protect people Yes. And then it doesn't it doesn't really jive that she would allow certain things to go on. It just doesn't make any sense. And just to also counter the fact, again, I I feel like how poorly written her character is. um, Mm. I want her job because her job seems to be where she can honestly just spend her entire shift and work just hanging out at Freddy's and talking and going on walks with lead character. And uh, again, there was no reason for her to be a police officer and actually her being a police officer is counter to everything that she does later in the film and the whole resolution. Right. The only reason she's made a police officer is there has to be a reason for her to go by Freddy's late at night and be able to get inside. That is it. And that's sloppy. I mean, that's the thing is that 
you know, at no point did I ever feel like she was a police officer because of the way she was written and the way she, her actions were, but she had to be, and she had to have the uniform and she had to drive up in the car because that's the only way she has justification to get to the building and get inside. And that's, that's a shame because she seems like a good actress and I, I want to see her in other things because I mean, I think she performed what she was supposed to be performing very well. It's just the role itself was just so poorly written. But again, I think several of the roles were poorly written. I think Josh Hutcherson's lead is the only one where I felt like I got it. I know who this character is and I can at least follow. I don't understand the decision to bring aunt Jane over. Uh, like you mentioned early, later in the film, I don't understand some other decisions he made, but I at least get him as a character. The other characters I did not, did not get at all. And uh, an example, an example of how this film also is stretching itself, which we, you know, try to applaud people really trying to give us something, but then it just doesn't work over all the tens are all over the place. They do. Josh Hutcherson's character, Mike has this whole, routine that he does when he falls asleep that they go into a lot of detail about how he plays nature sounds with headphones he stares at a poster of does Nebraska, he I does think? he chris i don't remember was that ever covered in the film or was that ever brought up in the film as something he does oh that's right and it was it like t- seven times okay got it yeah go way too many times mm-hmm. but it takes him back to this the day his brother got abducted and it's like they're trying to do kind of a memento or like um inception type thing where he's trying to change the events and it's like okay that's interesting but you're just not they don't they don't i don't know they they kind of drop it off and that just kind of disappears and serves no purpose and ends up serving absolutely no purpose yeah um so just yeah chris i have a i have a i i feel like i'm kind of wrapping my review here because i don't have much more to say i do spend I do have a couple questions for you that are spoiler questions about the film. Uh Uh Um, Okay. Not that it's going to change my opinion of the film at all. It's not going to help, help enhance my review. It's just, it's more, I just need to understand. Can I ask you those questions here? If we give everybody just a little bit of time, a little bit of pause to kind of skip ahead and all. Absolutely. Okay. All right. So guys, I'm going to ask Chris a couple of very spoilery questions about five nights at Freddy's uh, just for the next like two minutes or so. So if you want to skip ahead, just give us a couple minutes and then we'll be back with you and we'll end this review. So here we go. Yeah. Uh, skip till you hear the news basically. And right. then you'll be good. Yeah. If I'm talking about uh, another film. That's not five nights at Freddy's. Then you're at the right place. Okay, here we go. Sure. All right. So Chris, here's my questions. Yes. So my understanding from this film is that the animatronic robots were actually the abducted children, their bodies on the inside of these animatronic robots, correct? Uh, that is what we are led to believe. And if that's the case, which they never, now that even makes less sense because they never exactly. indicated which robot was Mike's brother. Because essentially Mike's brother would be in one of these robots. You would he think. should have bonded with the robot and like, Said like, oh, I'm so sorry you I let you down. That was day. a natural way that this film was going. But okay, yeah. so we're led to believe I that there that. are children that were being abducted around the Freddy's place. Yes. All right. Mike's brother was yes. one of those people that was abducted. 
We're just led to believe it's the same person that abducted all these children. So somebody was a child abductor in there. Okay. But then we're also told that because we see one example where there's one of the robots that is chest is open. And if you go in and got near it, the, the policewoman in her ever omniscient experience and knowledge with this film warns uh, Mike that, Hey, if you touch it, it like kind of clamps in and kind of springs into place to like, almost like hold somebody inside is what it looks like. Right. And then we're told later in the film that no, the children, it wasn't just their, like they're starting to learn that, okay, the, the, the children are these animatonic creatures but it's not yes. just their spirits. It's also their bodies. That was the line they used. It's like, it's also their bodies. So I'm assuming their guts. What, yeah. And wasn't there a scene during the one, I guess the one scene that kind of at least started to hint at a horror film where the people who were going breaking in to try to make up a mess of everything and frame Mike, mm-hmm. where right. one of them, the girl again, in a super smart move that everybody should do in a horror movie goes closer and closer <laughs> to one of the creatures because she hears a noise inside and then a human hand reaches out and grabs her. Okay. Right. So again, are we saying that the children who were abducted many, many years ago are technically inside these robots somehow still? And that's question number one. And then, yes, question number two is if question number one is correct, yes, then what is up with Mike's brother and why did we okay. not get any resolution on him? Because that would seem like a perfect way to at least try to bring something to a closure on this film. Okay. Yeah, I I had not I I had not thought that particular line of thinking where we should have been able to identify Mike's brother. But that totally makes sense, and that makes the movie shows how it falls down yet again because they never close that plot thread. Um, and yeah, no, they never hint at that. But what even, what's even more convoluted is we're led to believe that it is the children who have been kidnapped that are stuck in these animatronic robots. Their bodies are in there. Um, I think when we saw that hand it was just like imagining, I think it's like their spirits are in there, but at some points you see them as their physical, like you saw the hand reach out of the mouth and grab the girl. Um, I guess that happened, but the, it makes it even more complicated because police officer girl, Elizabeth Leo says, well, the spirits that are in these robots are actually benevolent and nice until this puppet master, which we yes. don't get revealed who that is until the end. He then can make them start being evil and doing things that mm-hmm. they normally wouldn't do. And you're like, okay. Like, you know, yeah. So uh, it just doesn't, it, it just, it, it, it took on too much. It falls apart, but yeah, you're right. We should have known which one was Mike's brother. Well, I really thought they were part. setting up. There was one, one of the creatures that they showed at least twice was a kind of a broken down one back in a yeah. storage room. And right. I, I thought by the end of the film, I'm like, okay, they're trying to associate because it, like we see the four kids or so out in the woods many, many, many times in his, in his vision, in his flashback dream thing. One yeah. of them's got the top hat on. One of them's wearing yellow. I mean, it's like, yes. Okay. That's the four creatures we're seeing up on stage. Got it. They match up. Understand. 
and yeah, so it's like, okay, well then there's one backstage that's kind of broken down and not really active. Like, perfect. That's going to be Mike's brother. That is, that is, we're going to have some closure on that. And they never did that. Um, and then of course the whole, as soon as Vanessa, the policewoman, Vanessa's character says that, you know, she has a, a father, it was her father who did this. I'm like, oh, well, obviously her father was the guy we met at the beginning of the movie who set up this job because he's the only other character we've met in this movie <laughs> that could do this. Right. And I, I like Matthew Lillard. And when I saw him there in the beginning and I was like, huh. And then he was just gone. I was like, well, that's interesting. Well, and it, then the moment she said that, I was like, oh, oh yeah. Okay. Here he comes. <laughs> yeah. He's back. Well, and it's yeah. so, I mean, uh, yeah, his, he was fine. And again, I don't blame any of the actors for their performances. Yeah. They were playing the roles they were given. But his, again, sure. his lines and, and actions were so uh, choreographed as well, too. And, and just, you know, yes, sure. it was pretty obvious when we meet his character in the first 10 minutes of the film, like, all right, he's going to be involved in this somehow. He is somehow, he is somehow implicit in this. And then, of course, once we hear uh, policewoman Vanessa say that, you know, her father is involved, I'm like, well, there we go. What <laughs> other uh, man of that age have we met in this movie? Uh, that could possibly fit right. that role. Oh, there you go. It's one guy. That's it. So <laughs> that, or it's that freaky lawyer guy that was hanging out with uh, Aunt Jane. But I don't. Oh, that would have been interesting. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I mean that would have made less sense. But you know, still. Right. <sighs> no, didn't care. I'm not disappointed. Disappointed. Not now. You disappointed. I didn't have any expectations going in, but um, just didn't pull off anything. Anything that it didn't pull off anything I really liked or thought worked well. So. It was a shame. Yeah. I wonder if they'll bother trying to do a sequel of this because it made money or they're just going to oh, say, yeah. no, we lucked out. We lucked out with this. If we do a sequel, it's going to be terrible. Chris, when have you ever known Hollywood to say, <laughs> Hey, we just made a lot of money with this movie, but you know what? We're good. We don't need to do a sequel to this. We'll, we'll we're just going to kind of ride that and move on to something else. No, no, they're definitely, uh, there'll be a 10 nights at Freddy's or something coming out soon. Mm -hmm. So anyway, all right, I think we're done. We are wrapped up with Five Nights yeah. at Freddy's. I hope it was very painfully clear. I was not a big fan of this film. Uh, Chris had a little more, a little more, uh, a little more for it, but still did not like it either. So is that clear to say? Oh yeah, very clear to say. All right. There. When we come back, we're going to take a quick little break. When we come back, we got some uh, news to discuss, a couple of uh, projects to discuss uh, upcoming in uh, the coming months. So stay tuned. Uh, you're listening to Foot Candle Films right here on the Mesh.tv. This podcast is sponsored by Jackson Creative, a custom communication agency located in downtown Hickory, North Carolina, specializing in online content creation. To learn more, visit thejacksoncreative.com. Jackson Creative, we tell your story. Welcome back to Foot Candle Films here on the Mesh.tv. Chris and I had our discussion, or me maybe slanting on rant a little bit. Sorry. I don't like to be negative on films, Chris. I really don't. But, you know, I got to call them like I see them. And look, if this is a film that was just making the indie circuit and just playing at some select theaters and just trying to make a name for itself, I'd probably be a little more lenient. But, I mean, this movie just, number one at the box office, broke some records. You know what? I'm going to throw, I'm going to throw my scorn at it uh, as I see fit and, and make it work and deal, deal with it. So um, uh, Chris, we have a couple movies. We want to talk about some new ones that are coming up soon. I know you've got a film you want to discuss that's going to be coming out very soon. And I've got one 
that it was a very, very, uh, a new film, something I knew nothing about, did had no idea they were working on. And I'm kind of excited. Although you, when you see the trailer, you may not feel the same way. We'll see. But anyway, Chris, yeah. why don't you go ahead and go first? Tell me, tell me what uh, films <laughs> on the horizon here for us that we need to talk about. So do a little bit of background back in 2011, uh, director Rupert Wyatt brought us Rise of the Planet of the Apes. It was kind of a rebooting of that whole franchise. James Franco was in it. Um, and I was pleasantly surprised at how good it was. Then 2014, Matt Reeves, they kicked Rupert Wyatt out as director and they brought in Matt Reeves. He did two installments, Dawn of the Planet of the Apes and War of the Planet of the Apes. Um, I thought Dawn was better than the third film, but the third film was still at least interesting. And then everything went quiet. I think for a lot of people, they were kind of three movies was enough. And I don't think the third movie was a successful box office wise. And that was kind of it. Well, here we are. 2023, they released have released a trailer for Kingdom of the Planet of the Apes, which is set to come out in 2024. I think Memorial Day. Um, so we're going to take a look at the trailer, but um, I'm interested to hear what your level of enthusiasm is for this film, Alan. Okay, well, here's the trailer for Kingdom of the Planet of the Apes. When I sleep, I see strange things memories not memories new things I see everything okay so that was the trailer for Kingdom of the Planet of the Apes. The voice you heard, right. for those of you on the audio podcast side, uh, was I Take It of Caesar. Is that our understanding, Chris? I am I am unclear because I think this is supposed to take place decades after the last movie that we had, the third oh, movie. Okay, so maybe it's like so, Ancestor of Caesar. Caesar. Right, right, right. Honestly, um, actually, Alan. I'll, yeah, go ahead. Go ahead. I I think, and what I'm okay. So I've mentioned I like the first movie. I really liked it, and I feel like it's been a little bit of diminishing returns, but I still like the second film. Interestingly, I feel like this movie. I think it has the biggest challenge, even bigger than just rebooting the franchise. I feel like this film looks like it is literally the same film that was made with Charleston Heston. Planet of the Apes. It's called Kingdom of the Planet of the Apes, but I feel like it's in the same time frame as Planet of the Apes because it shows the planet's completely taken over. Humans are totally treated like zoo animals. So, like, it's not bringing us anything new. But what? But maybe that's just the trailer. So, is it just doing that to play off nostalgia, or you know? So it's like, I, I, I don't know. I, I find it curious, and I think it will be a really challenge for this film to be good because it seems like they are playing out the same story beats as the very original movie so well because there's even references to a beach scene and then like coming up and you know so and i mean i i i don't remember exactly how the third film ended the war of the planet of the apes um yeah i mean i'm okay if there was a film that does really bring us right up to the edge of the charlton heston original i think that's i'm okay with that 
I think war got us close to that, if I remember correctly. And again, I'm trying to recall. But I think there's right. still, still some room for some storytelling up to that point. Um, and maybe it's their way now that they are completely in control, how they're going to deal with humans and what their take on humans, the human race is. Um, right. I don't know. I look, I, I'm not going to dismiss it because I, I, I did like all three of the other ones. I mean, I, the original, the, the, no, I did like all three of these most recent trilogy. Yeah, and I think right, some right. of the CGI work and motion capture work is pretty amazing throughout the, all three of the films. It looks like it's good here too. I mean, again, I know it's a trailer; it's a little early to tell. Um, the sure. director, though, uh, Wes Ball. Uh, yeah. The only thing he's done is he directed the Maze Runner movies. Did you ever see any of those? The Maze Runner. I saw the very first one. Okay, so. I haven't seen any of them. That he did, I think all two or three of those films, however many they made, that was kind of all him. So that's really his experience there in the feature film side. So we'll, we'll see how that plays out. Um, I'm curious. Well, I'm not eagerly anticipating, but I'm curious at this point just to see how, how this does. And I, I like you, I've always thought the CGI and the, the look of the other three films was always strong. That was never, a weakness of the other films. It was always a strength. Maybe by the third film, the story got a little wobbly, but still I liked it. And it, from, you're right. From what you can tell from the trailer, it looks like they continue that high bar of, you know, the look of the film. So, but as we know from films like Avatar, the way of water, a film can look great, but it's still got to have a good story for me, even, you know, especially if it's going to run two hours, you can't just look great for two hours. You got to, you got to give me something bored. Otherwise I'll, I'll get bored or give me something good. Otherwise I'll get bored. So, so yeah, I'm, I'm curious. I'm, I'm curious as well. What was the, what was the release date on that? Do you remember? I said Memorial day of 2024. All right. So that'd be so, May, May, 2024. May, yeah. So they're positioning it as a summer movie for next, uh, next summer. Right. Okay, cool. Um, all right. This is a film, Chris, I'm going to talk about just okay. found out about it yesterday. A little background for you. So uh, I'm I, child of the 80s. I, I did my fair share of watching TV uh, during the 80s growing up. One of my favorite shows of all time, and probably because I love the theme song and the opening of it more than anything else, one of my favorite shows of all time was The Fall Guy back at the time. That was the Lee Majors. He played a stuntman. That's his whole shtick is he's a stunt man, but he kind of gets roped into these adventures and things he has to do. Um, so the fall guy, I think it had, was it Heather Thomas? I think was in it. And there was a couple other people that were pretty decent, big names in it. Anyway, I just loved it. I love the theme song. I used to play it as a kid. I, I just thought it was a fun show. So color me surprised yesterday when I'm just doing my little, taking a break from my work day and just doing a little browsing to see what all is on the movie news side. And it's like, Oh, Hey, there's a new trailer for a film called the fall guy. I'm like, surely this isn't a film based on that TV show. And my initial thoughts before I even hit the play on the trailer is okay. Well, let's say it is a takeoff. Sure. They're recycling everything from the eighties. Anyway, it had to eventually get around to doing some of these other shows that were maybe a little lesser known, but still had a, people had a warm spot in their hearts for then I started to see the cast involved in this film and I'm like, Oh my goodness, this is actually a film, a big film. And 
I think it looks like it could be fun. So I'm very okay. curious. I'm going to play the trailer for it. I take it you have not seen it. I have not, but actually from the description you're giving, I do remember it was back in really early stages that I had heard they were making it. I think we mentioned it on the show. It's just kind of like, I can you believe really? No, I don't remember that. But I don't think any, I don't think any cast was attached at the time. Okay. Well, let's just go and tell you, uh, we have, um, what's his name? Ken from Barbie. Ryan Gosling, Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt starring in this film. Okay. Got you. All right. So here we go. This is the trailer for, the Fall Guy. Shot to the heart And you're too late Darling, you give love A bad name Anyone but him I didn't approve him You know that You are literally the last person on earth I want to see it Slap the shit out of you I really could And I'm open to that In a safer environment You want a ghost No phone call No text it's not like I didn't want to apologize. You don't have to explain anything. It was just a flame. So how have you been? God, I hate that thumbs up stunt guy stuff. I'm the director. We're going to set this man on fire. Okay. Right. <laughs> so let me go ahead and lay this out there. This looks incredibly corny, over the top, action, violence, fighting. But I'm kind of here for it. I think if they make if they keep this this film's tongue firmly in its own cheek, and you really let uh, and if they really let Lion Gosling just have fun with the role, I think this could be a fun movie. I'm kind of excited for this film, but I also know that this film could go horribly, horribly, horribly wrong very, very easily. So just leaving that out there. <laughs> I, I think um, I do note that it's directed by David Leach, who is uh, John Wick man. Yeah. So I have no doubt that the action sequences or the stunt sequences that Mr. Gosling is going to be involved in. Yeah, I think I think it'll work. I, Emily Blunt, she's got comedic timing and Brian Gosling. We've seen his comedic timing and Barbie. I, I think their chemistry will be you know good together. I think they'll work. My concern is that I saw way Wait, I, I kept wanting, even though I was on board, I thought the trailer was funny. I saw funny moments. I wanted it to end because I felt like I was seeing too much. No, I felt right. like I just, as the, the complaint we have with tons of movies is the trailers show us every funny scene. And then when we see it in the movie, we're like, well, yeah, that's funny, but I've, I've already seen it. Yeah. So, yeah, that's my concern. Sure. No, uh, I, I hear we'll you. See. And I always worry when a trailer feels like it has to put so much in there. It's almost like it's trying a little hard to convince us. No, no, no. Look, this is going to be good. This is going to be fun. You're going to have a good time with this. Um, so it would have been nice to have it scaled back a little bit. But for what it's worth, look, if I hear the reviews when this thing come out and it's a, a really bad movie, then at least I have the trailer and I'll watch the trailer right. and I'll enjoy the trailer. Right. Um, right. No, I'm, I'm, I'm honestly kind of looking forward to this. I, I think, I think the setup sounds kind of interesting. I like the whole behind the scenes movie business deal, the, you know, director stuntman relationship. And the fact there's another competing actor that he seems to be kind of jealous of or, or something. I don't know. All that. I like all that. So that's, that's, and, that's a good premise. And the competing actor is, is, is uh, Gosling playing a dual role? No, I thought that was, um, was that not Aaron, uh, 
Okay. See, this is the downside of me being in Savannah, Georgia, is watching the trailer. It was small enough that I can't really tell if it's who. I didn't know if it, Gosling was playing like a dual role. So he's, which is like, also could be a funny thing, but no, it's somebody else playing the. Isn't okay. that a Aaron, T- Aaron Taylor? What's his, what's his uh, name? Yeah. Uh, I cannot remember. Our interns letting us. Do. Aaron Taylor Johnson. Or Aaron Taylor Johnson. Like yeah. I thought that okay. was him because Aaron Taylor Johnson You're was right. also in David, uh, the director's last film, which was Bullet Train. Okay. Right, 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 right. Now okay. we got to verify this. I'm sorry. Sorry to all the listeners, <laughs> but we have to look this up and we have to know. Because yeah, actually that would be kind of funny if it was Ryan Gosling playing a dual role. But Well, it would be, but see, if they spoil that in the trailer, that would actually make me really cranky. No, because it's Aaron Taylor Johnson. Aaron Taylor Johnson okay. plays Tom Ryder. But the fact that gotcha. they look alike, I assume, is part of the deal is that that's why Gosling right. can be his stunt double. So in the movie. Right. Yeah. Right. 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 Uh, and just this may be a spoiler, but I don't care. I'm going to, I'm going to say it anyway. <laughs> Looking at the cast list, <laughs> Lee majors is listed in the cast list. So I'm just going to throw. Uh, well, and in the trailer, wasn't one of the things from the opening of the fall guy show that whole helicopter and him jumping yeah. out and grabbing the bottom. Something that's like that's that, a yeah. take. That's a direct oh, take yeah. off from the opening credits. Of fall no, guy. It's the okay. same concept. I mean, the guy, the guy's a stunt man and uh, he kind of got, gets roped into these, uh, adventure situations outside of a film set. So that's kind of the premise here as well. Uh, I don't remember the, gotcha. the, the Lee majors version ever having a romance with a director of one of the films. That's, that's a new twist on it, but, um, yeah, no, I'm like, I'm excited. <laughs> I, sure. I, I, I hope, I hope they do a, a, uh, at the end credits. It's an, is a, is a more modern version of the fall guy theme song from the show that would be really cool um, right i don't know i'm all for it and you also had uh hannah Witt- Waddington- waddingham as the uh seems to be like either his agent or, or something from uh ted lasso if you remember her from right that. so yeah i think it looks good i'm excited so that is the fall guy it is coming out march one not a super optimal okay. release date for it so it doesn't seem like that they're banking on it to be a big summer movie um true i don't know so i'll be curious to see what the expectations are for this but uh i'm cautiously excited right now so yeah (laughs) you are cautiously excited about uh the fall guy i am cautiously excited about uh kingdom of the planet of the apes exactly and that's the way you know we got to keep our guards up, Chris, because, I mean, these films do this to us. They they build us up, they, they get us excited, and then you know, it's a crapshoot whether we walk away impressed or disappointed and deflated. So uh, we will see how these two end up. But those are ones we've got coming up in the early half of next year. So, all right, Chris. Well, that is what we've got for today. So we gave our review of Five Nights at Freddy's, which we were both negative on. I was more on the negative scale than Chris. but. Uh, neither of us seem to have a really great time with that film. Uh, no. and then we talked, then we talked about the two films coming up next year that we are cautiously optimistic about kingdom of the planet of the apes and the fall guy. So Chris, anybody has got any feedback for us or wants to join in a conversation with us about anything that we talked about, how do they do so? You can send an email to info at footcandle.org. You can follow us on Twitter at footcandlefilm. We're on Facebook, footcandlefilm society instagram and threads we're just simply foot candle film 
Uh, we are on Letterboxd, where we try to leave little reviews of things that we're seeing, and that's Letterboxd without that final E in there. Do us a favor, uh, give us a star rating, write a review, share with your friends on whatever service you receive your favorite podcast on, because it will help us reach new listeners. We'd appreciate it. And folks, as of this recording, we are now accepting submissions for the 2024 Foot Candle Film Festival, which will be all the way in September 20th through the 28th of 2024. So that's a long way off. But if you're a filmmaker or a scriptwriter, we're now accepting submissions over on Film Freeway for the festival. So if you want to try to see if you can get your film in, then uh, go and uh, submit it for us. All right. That sounds great. Well, thanks everybody for uh, listening today. And we will be back uh, next week or so with some more movie reviews and movie news or recommendations to share. Thanks everybody. And we'll talk to you next time. See you in the ticket line. Special thanks to Carpal Tuller for the show theme music. For more about Carpal Tuller, visit www.carpaltuller.com. You've been listening to The Mesh, an online media network of shows and programs ranging from business to arts, sports to entertainment, music to community. All programs are available on the website as well as through iTunes and YouTube. Check us out online at themesh.tv. Discover other network shows and give us feedback on what you just heard.